Alrighty. Hi there. Thank you for tuning in. My name's Cassia. And I'm Corinth. And this is our new podcast. It's called From My Cup. We're here to dive into the glorious cup of wisdom and grace that God has given us called the Word. So let's grab a cozy drink, as we will too. And uh, Emmy just kicked my notes into the box. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye with those. <laughs> that couldn't have been better timing. <laughs> yeah, she said, nope. It's all good. She's like, you didn't introduce me, mom. Me, mom. <laughs> so, yeah, if we decide to keep this in, if anybody is wondering. <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> so today we are, we are discussing fellowship and how important it really is. And, uh. We had Hebrews 10, 23, right? Yep, 10, 23 through 25, and I have it here in the New King James translation. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. I think, yeah, I think the reason we picked this topic as our introductory topic was because it's exactly what inspired this. Um, I think we're both just hurting for some real communion in our lives. So we've both been lacking for that for so long. And we, uh, you know, we would visit each other all the time growing up and we would go on these really long walks and just talk about life and the happenings in the world and try and figure it out from a biblical perspective. And now that we're grown up and life has changed, we haven't really had access to that. And we're like, we should take disciplined, dedicated time to that. And this is something that we don't, we're not seeing in our lives around us from people. And we're like, mm -hmm. well, what if we, what if we created something for other people that are probably feeling the same way we are? Yeah. Because it, it's definitely, I feel like, a really neglected conversation. Mm. I feel like we fall into these patterns of traditional man that is a, is a big uh, issue that is highlighted also in the Bible. But we've fallen into these church traditions that we don't need anymore. Whoa. Mm. But, uh, yeah, as I was saying, just... It is kind of neglected about, you know, the true nature of what our fellowship is supposed to look like, especially with just the division that we see in the church these days. Mm. And it's not supposed to be that way. It's not. No, it's and, really not. No, and I think I think a lot more in the past couple of years, even with like everything being shut down so much. Mm, yes. And. Yeah the more that life has gone online, I think the church has, hasn't really gone online very much. Um, and we've just been so closed off from each other. At least in your and my life, we have been very closed off from yeah. the body. Yeah. And a lot of that just has to do with like where we live individually. And hmm. um, so... I, I think there's a lot of people in the same situation or even more isolated than we are. And uh, that's why we decided to, to do this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the big one of the other big things that came up 
just with a quick mention to, you know, closing down and COVID and everything was that division over decision-making and, uh, and like pastors actually dividing the church between, you know, vaccinated and unvaccinated, masked and unmasked is, is so against the nature of Christ, but it's, Mm. but it's so difficult, you know, in that kind of age of dealing with something national like that. But yeah. it did lead to a lot more division amongst ourselves. Mm-hmm. And um, actually in Colossians is one, that's something that I uh, had highlighted. Of course, I'm going to have to find it because I didn't, it's one of the few things I didn't write out actually by hand. But I I had a, it's Colossians 2, 8 and 2, 16 through 19, which I wrote was what fellowship is not supposed to be. And those scriptures, now that I'm here, the scripture says, uh, be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy, uh, philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elemental forces of the world and not based on Christ. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ and you have been filled by him. And um, then... To 16 through 19. Therefore, don't let anyone judge you in regards to food or drink or in matter of festival or new moon or Sabbath day. Let there be, there are a shadow of what is to come and the substance, the substance is the Messiah. Let no one disqualify you insisting on the uh, practices and worship of angels claiming access to vision, to the visionary realm and inflating without cause by his unspiritual mind. So, just this idea of these flimsy things that we that we divide ourselves on, even through denomination, that is not what fellowship is defined by. It is purely Christ. Mm. We are we are bound by Christ, and I have, of course, more scriptures because it's just in everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that concept just flows through everything. That's some really good scriptures. I'm glad you read those. Yeah. Um, it- Sorry, go ahead. I just lost my train of thought. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think, I think, um, because one thing that that points out is what we were just talking about, like even with the shutdowns and everything, Mm. um, how much politics has Mm. really infiltrated the church and it's really become an idol. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's become a reason to divide rather than to congregate. Um, Yeah. You know, Christ, Christ gave himself for everyone Mm. and his, his command was that it go out to everyone. His word goes out to everyone. And the only standing that any of us have, especially as Gentiles, is Jesus Christ. Like, how dare we (laughs) think that anything else gives us any kind of an edge or an authority? Yeah. You know, like how dare you think your politics make you more holy, you know, whatever your politics are, you know, how, how dare you hold that even close to the blood of Christ? And I think that's why I get so angry about it. It's like, it's Mm -hmm. not that I'm disagreeing with your political views because most of the times I I actually agree with them. Mm -hmm. It's that how dare you hold it in that high of an esteem? Oh yeah. That's everywhere. It's like, you can't get away from it at this point. So I'm, I'm, like, just, I'm so yeah. glad you read those scriptures because that just yeah. really tied all of that together very well. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, especially with like those, that's what those books were about. 
it was about division that was happening with like in the Colossians. That's what Paul mm-hmm. is writing about. I believe it's it should be Paul. I mean, he wrote. You know, he was <laughs> it's the, the man New Testament. That. It's probably Paul. Yeah. Because <laughs> like yeah, if Galatians it have, like a name attached to it. It's probably right. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just like that. The Galatians, uh, Romans, big one. Uh, uh, Colossians. What's the other one? My goodness. Ephesians. Ephesians. They're writing about things. He's writing to them because they're dividing probably on some point. Like I know the Romans specifically, mm-hmm. there was a five-year period in history right after that, right after the Christians started getting in there where the Jews, where Jewish people were exiled for five years out of Rome and they came back and the Christians were doing all of these anti-Old Old Testament things, like probably eating things that might have been sacrificed and Mm-hmm. Uh, and that historically, that's the guess is that the Jewish people came back and were kind of freaking out about it. So Paul wrote them a letter, and was, it was just like, "That's not, <laughs> that's not it." <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. There's the like the traditionalist uh, Jews who mm-hmm. Paul was originally. Oh, yes. Um, but he got saved so drastically from his very evil life. Mm-hmm. Um, evil being. Like, he never, he, he was very astute in the scriptures, and mm-hmm. he was very passionate about following his faith, and he had such a revelation about how he could be so wrong despite mm. that. Yeah. And so he was much more open to the teaching that Jesus said, this is for the Gentiles. Mm. You know, that, that veil is going away. That God does not see Jew or Gentile, mm-hmm. man nor woman, slave nor free. Mm-hmm. You know, J- Jesus came to complete the scriptures, to complete the law. It's mm-hmm. not that the law goes away, but it's completed now. Like, there's no there's no dividing lines anymore. And I think Paul was more open to that concept because of how drastically he was like, wow, I'm evil despite being so devoted to my faith. I don't know where it's it's scattered throughout a lot. He says it in a lot of different ways throughout the scripture, but he talks about the old law and the the things that God had set up so beautifully is that they were shadowing the things. They were a shadow of the things to come. They were not, Mm -hmm. they were always temporary because of Mm -hmm. that veil, because we could not enter into his presence. How could we? We're so against his nature. I mean, that's what sin is. It's, Mm-hmm. It's acting against his nature and who he yeah. is. And we can't be before him with that in us. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's, well, of course, you know, that's the whole point. <laughs> right. That's, that's the, that's whole, the whole salvation message. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> that we had, we had no access on yeah. any of our own terms. Mm-hmm. And that's why God became a man mm-hmm. and lived the perfect life and became the perfect sacrifice. And we mm-hmm. get to piggyback on that. Yeah. How how dare yes, thank you, Jesus. So how (laughs) dare you make all of these dividing lines again? You know, who do you think you are? Yeah, it's (laughs) it's so human nature, so the enemy, Mm. so yeah. Yeah. Which is again one of the reasons why we're doing this, because it is a conversation that needs to be reopened because it Mm. is true fellowship that is going to bring the church back together. Mm -hmm. And um First John 5, 1 through 4, um, I have written in here. Uh, mm-hmm. 
I probably won't go and read the whole thing because I'm terrible at flipping through my Bible, but I just wrote, they will know us by how we love one another. Mm. People, uh, just in general, First John is a really good place to start for Christian basic living. If you're a new believer and you're just coming to Christ and you really need a place to be like, what now? I, I, I mean, there's a lot of good places, but First John's a really solid one. It kind of goes through like, you know, living in the fold, like really getting in there and uh, just practical day-to-day stuff just as a place to start. But hmm. it, that just that first, that first part, you yeah, know, you'll know them by how they love each other. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's a really good way to see how dedicated someone is to their faith, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's a really good thing to point your finger at yourself, you know? Because I know myself am very guilty of isolating myself from the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I always have a way of like taking myself outside of the group. And um, <laughs> that's something yeah, that I've been conflicted about with uh, the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that we've both been conflicted about lately. That's yeah. what we started talking about with starting this podcast. Because I think it's so it's so very important to remember what it is that mm. you believe. You know, I think most Christians know what they believe, but they haven't heard it in so long. You know, like you one concept that I really wanted to bring up was that you are keeping communion no matter what. And you are involved no matter what. So take a good look at what it is that you are having communion with. Because um, I have written here in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. And it's like we're in evil company no matter what. You know, you can't go to the grocery store. You can't, you certainly can't get online without being in evil company, hearing these evil concepts, you know, and I think every single day of your life over and over and over again, you hear all these things said by people that you don't believe, that you don't agree with. And I am very guilty of not taking the time to make sure that I'm hearing what I believe and what I agree with. I remember this time I told you the story um, a while back. I, I was in college and this person asked if they could talk to me about something that was bothering them and they confided in me something that was going on in their life and kind of like looking to me for advice which was insane (laughs) but (laughs) all I did was say well that's what the bible says about it you know and I just repeated this is what the bible says about that particular subject and what they said to me stood out so much they said see I already knew that I think I just needed to hear you say it. And I think that's that's the whole concept of communion. You know, we're not talking about um, get learning from other people about God, per se. You learn what you believe by your own personal time spent in scripture. And you're never going to get a clear view of it if you're not yourself spending your own personal time alone in scripture and in prayer. But this idea of communion is there's going to come a time, and I think it's way more often than we like to think that it is, that we need to hear somebody else say what we believe. Absolutely. We need to remember that we're not alone in this. 
And I know that that's where I have found myself like all year. I'm like, I just, I need to hear somebody else say it. I'm not saying that I don't believe, but I need to hear somebody else say it. And um, to be that for that person <laughs> that moment was absolutely insane. It was absolutely outside of myself. <laughs> but it was, it was such an eye opener, like just that simple concept. I already knew that. I just needed to hear you say it. And I think that's the whole idea of communion. As you, you know, you need that, mm. that inflow yeah. of stuff that you believe, stuff that's good. You need to be able to practice yeah. things that are true yeah. because you're constantly going to be practicing things that are untrue. You're constantly going to be hearing things that are untrue and very grotesquely so at this point in history. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God definitely warns a lot of times that, you know, whatever you're hearing, whatever you're looking at, whatever is coming in through your eyes is it's going to get into you in some way inside of you. Absolutely. But that's like the other, I found a few instances like uh, in Thessalonians, there's a few uh, to stay away from brothers who are irresponsible. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the, it's just like elders, like warning them, like you need to be around us. You need to, you need to see us because you need that uh, mm -hmm. example. And that's one of the things that I'm glad that we're breaking open fellowship and communion is because, you know, that that lost art of the elder mm. in the church that that really helps you and sits there and and um, is an example of where to go, because mm -hmm. we need that constant in our lives. If you if you run away too far from the fold, you know, you, no one's perfect. We're all wrestling with our flesh, but. But you're gonna miss yeah. out on you're gonna you're gonna stumble over your own, your own under, understanding. Absolutely, and nothing will deceive you faster than your own mind. You you can't rely on <laughs> yeah, it. Then, <laughs> yeah, well, sitting sitting by yourself in your own mind. Oh, too that's long, very too. guilty. Just, which is my <laughs> yeah me. <laughs> my whole walk and every issue I've ever had ever is probably would have been solved if I had found myself. A good elder which is of course not right. easy you're never going to find anyone mm -hmm. who's perfect and i think a lot but, of that um, is um something that we've been saying is just lack of communication you know i think there are so many people that are passionate about god's word they're passionate in their faith they're actively following christ and we just never hear about them we never hear from them you know and so you have to actively seek out this idea of communion you have to take the time for it. Yeah. You're not going to either unless, yeah, unless you're you're finding the body mm -hmm. of Christ. You mm -hmm. need to be in it. And you yourself need to be vocal. Um, you know? Yeah. Like, think yeah. about what it is that you need yeah. in life and be that. And that's exactly what we're trying to do here. We're like, this is what I need. So let's try yes, it exactly. out and see where it goes. <laughs> yeah. It's also going to be great fuel for uh, just making making no provisions for my flesh and just being like i have no reason to dedicate my life and my time to anything other than scripture and i should just be doing yeah. that anyway yeah it just gives it gives some you had discipline mentioned... and some um specific oh, absolutely uh dedication to looking up these scriptures to talking about these concepts to looking into these concepts yes, and that yeah. was really the idea and i think that's the like the idea of communion is it's a it's a dedicated time in your life. That's why we go to church. Church doesn't save you. 
church doesn't it shouldn't be your true source of gospel it should be a supporting source of gospel a very important one you know we are literally commanded in the scripture as we just read we're literally commanded to assemble ourselves together in love promoting up promoting love promoting good works okay good works isn't a bad word <laughs> it's literally a commandment um and it's it's that simple act of a dedicated time frame you had also mentioned you know um speaking up and uh having a voice and i have here james five sixteen that emmy is very excited about as well um therefore confess your your sins to one another and pray with one another that you may be healed and that the urgent request hi baby the urgent request of a righteous person is very powerful in in, in its effect mm. um you know especially as like like if you're a young i i stress this because when you're on fire for god in the very beginning like you just got saved you just had a renewal you know it feels good it feels like you could you know, run a thousand miles and then you wake up the next day and you're just like, I just don't want to do anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just don't want mm -hmm. to. It, it, you need that, you need that inspiration around mm -hmm. you. But also, you know, if you're new in, in the spirit and you're going to need that person that's more righteous mm -hmm. than you, that's, that's walked mm -hmm. in there. It's just, it's the way it's supposed yeah. to be. It's even even you just need that. um even just by example in life. You know? You mm -hmm. know when you're around a a true Christian because everyone can yeah. say the thing when it comes time to say it. But when you're around somebody that their speech is clean, their behavior is clean, they're just they're truly living the Christian life even if you're not talking about scripture. You know, you if if your boss is a true Christian and you're just talking about work, that's going to be such a heavy influence in your life. Somebody that's truly just living the Christian life, a godly life. And it's so important to do mm. that yourself for the people around you. You know, to take the time, like I said, like with good works, to take the time with your speech, mm -hmm. to take the time with your actions. What you choose to joke about, what you choose to not joke about, you know? And just purely that is so edifying for your soul. Just purely that confirms the gospel to you over and over again. So it's not, it's not just teachings, you know, Th those are very important too. I'm not downplaying that at all. <laughs> you know, you want to have a pastor in your life. You absolutely want to have a pastor in your life and you want to have regular sermons in your life. You know, like we talked about that, that dedicated time in your life. But even mm. communion, just as simple as who you spend your time with, who your friends are, what your conversations are, you know, just that alone yeah. is necessary for the Christian walk. Because as we've said over and over again, you're going to constantly be hearing all of this nasty stuff that you don't agree with. And even if you're telling yourself that's wrong, I don't agree with that, and you're trying to let it go in one ear and out the other, you're never filling up the space inside of you with good stuff. Now that bad stuff's going to start building up in there. And before you know it, you're saying stuff you don't want to be saying. You're doing stuff you don't want to be doing. You're laughing at jokes you don't want to be laughing at. And before you know it, you're a really bad example as a Christian. And you don't want to be that, you know? 
and it, it's just yeah i've been there guilty, yeah, guilty, it's, guilty. It's, this, it's the natural flow of life that's why it's a commandment to assemble together because if we don't we're going to be assembling somewhere <laughs> I, yeah yeah i think it i think it's almost you know it's like you know they works don't save mm-hmm. you but if you're not doing the work then there's there's something off mm-hmm. about your salvation it's it's the proof it's the pudding really yeah, it's absolutely i mean it's the proof of the pudding it's you just read in that scripture where it said um you will know them by how they love each other it says over and over you will know them by their good works you will know them by the fruits mm-hmm. of their labors you know these things should be showing and if you're looking around at your life saying uh oh this isn't showing yeah you want to do something about that you know mm-hmm. a lot of those works are meant to be with the brothers mm-hmm. you know i while I was reading, I was looking for the scriptures for fellowship. I'm looking at the way that the apostles address each other. Mm-hmm. And it made me like super emotional and super, because they're the brothers, mm-hmm. brother, my brother. Mm-hmm. Of course, it, I mean, it's translated all in the masculine term, but it, it's mm-hmm. everyone. It's every, it, that includes, like, you know, my, my siblings, my, my family. Mm-hmm. A lot of these good works that you're supposed to keep an eye out for is supposed to be directed towards people in the mm-hmm. church. This is the fold that you are supposed to be. These are the people that like, they're going to see you and they, they should see you interacting with. Uh, just, you know, it's not necessarily that I'm not saying like, Oh, you know, you can treat unbelievers any differently, mm-hmm. but your first priority is always going to be the saints and that's mm. us it's always going to be you know the people that are in christ mm-hmm. en- encouraging each other daily and yeah like, doing these things like let brotherly love continue and encouraging each other daily is what i have written mm-hmm. down um yeah i think i think um all of this stuff that you find in the world um, where it's like the people that are encouraging you, the people that you feel like you can talk to. How dare we as the church allow that to be people with bad philosophy? You know what I mean? And that's really what I find today. It's like there are certain subjects in my life that I wouldn't have been able to talk to people in the church about. And I found people, you know, like at college or whatever, who were more understanding. And all I could think was, how dare we? as the church, not be willing to bear each other's burdens, not be willing to hear each other out. You know? Well, the theme now definitely is trying to make more seats, the seats a little bit more comfortable for the sinner, mm-hmm. you know, than, than the brother. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, if somebody just new came into your church and they're, they got sin in their life, they should feel uncomfortable in your church to some degree in yeah. some form. Yeah. They, they need to feel that burn mm-hmm. and that's, what's going to get them saved. You know, there's even pastors out there that will say like, Oh, you can't preach redemption. You can't mm-hmm. preach, uh, not redemption, but repent. Mm-hmm. repentance. Yeah. They're, they're so afraid 
of offending the Gentile in this situation. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what people hear. And this is something that you and I have complained about a lot (laughs) is um, like sugarcoating the gospel. I think this idea of like relatable content we've complained about a lot. And um, I think if if a non-believer is asking questions about God, and he goes and spends time with believers and sees no difference, why in the world would he take the time? You know what I mean? Like, there should be a difference. I can't tell you how many Christians I've heard say, well, maybe the world needs to realize that we're not so different. And I'm like, that is complete opposite. Like, oh, we need no. to we need to see that there is a difference. And we as Christians need to see that yeah. there is a difference. Like, everybody needs to see yeah. there is something to achieve there's something to reach for um it's i i get sick of this idea this comfort in nobody's perfect this and that and it's like i agree none of us are perfect and and we all continuously fail but what that has been is that has been a comfort to fail rather than a comfort of grace you know and it says in matthew be ye therefore perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. Like we are to strive to do better and to be better. And if people of the world don't see, non-believers don't see that there's any chance of their life getting better, why would they take the time? And I, you know, I stand with them on that. Why would you? Why would you? Why would you suddenly adopt these rules if they don't mean anything? If they don't have power? You know, we have so undercut God's power in the church. And that's why we're not seeing miracles. And I think a lot of that comes from, um, you know, there's so many, uh, I don't know. I don't have the word I'm looking for, but there's so, there's so much structure in the church that's laid out in the new Testament. Like even so much as if, Mm -hmm. like, if you see your brother at fault, go and talk to him. And if he will not listen to you, bring somebody with you all the way up to excommunication. And if we're not living up to that standard, then we're allowing all this, this evil and this compromise. And that breeds division. It feels all Mm -hmm. the world like at the time when you have to confront somebody about something that they're doing, that they're actively living in sin and you know that they know better and you have to confront them. That feels like breeding division, but it's not. That is how you breed unity. You know, we have to be holding our brothers and sisters to a standard. And Mm -hmm. that encourages you to hold yourself to a standard before anybody has to do it for you, you know? (laughs) Well, you're going to you're going to want to hear it from a loving brother before you hear it from from a from somebody on the outside being like, well, you yeah. do this. And then you're sitting there like, oh, shoot. I yeah, that. you know. You're kind of right about that. <laughs> Take care of the beam in your own eye before you worry about, <laughs> about the dust particle <laughs> in somebody else's, you know. And, yeah. you know, with the, you know, the quote unquote threat of that, that structure happening of it could lead to excommunication. If you're living in a, in a church that's that structured, that's that disciplined about the gospel and maintaining the structure within the church. Now, mind you, none of that applies to the unbeliever, strictly for the believer. If you're you're living in a church with Christians that that is a possibility, you're going to take a lot more time to making sure that you are living up to the standards that are written in the Bible. 
And that's how you encourage unity. That's how the church comes together. You know, if if you're actively pursuing cleaning up your life, it's going to involve taking care of your brother and sister in Christ. And it's certainly going to take some support from your brother and sister in Christ. You know, that doesn't, you know, this, this sugarcoating, trying to make it more comfortable, being like, oh, well, nobody's perfect. What do you know? No big deal. That just breeds division because even though we always pick wrong, we all know right from wrong. And if you're, if the people right. that you're surrounded by are continuously doing what's wrong, their actions, you know, they're not trustworthy, the things that they're saying, the things that they're doing, they're disgust you, but you're not willing to hold them to any kind of a standard. You're just going to create this quiet block and you're going to exclude yourself. <laughs> you know, guilty. I'm yeah. describing what I've done <laughs> with my fellow believers right. over well, and over. We, yeah, that's why we see yeah. it. Yeah. It's just personal experience. Of- yeah. This is why I need fellowship. Yeah, because I, I isolate but myself like, rather than holding myself to yeah. that standard as a church. Well, it's uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> but again, like I said, you're going to want a loving brother mm-hmm. to do it over mm-hmm. And you're going to want to do it and to yourself I mean, it's first. Hard. Yeah, <clears throat> it's hard to find. Yes, and, especially but, in the modern um, American church. I think this is... Yeah. A very Not like strictly, but very much this is a problem in the American church. And we're Americans, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, yeah, the uh, the corporate American church has <laughs> led us, led many astray. Mm-hmm. I, I have to say, but on that note, just saying, I have Philippians two one through four up, um, and um, it's saying, do nothing in rivalry or conceit, mm-hmm. but in humility. In humility considering others more important than yourself mm-hmm. looking to others interests others interests over your own and it's so anti culture mm-hmm. now and the re- there's a reason for this this is the true freedom and liberty that comes with following mm-hmm. Christ because there there's there the reason people are so weighted down is their own looking at themselves all mm-hmm. the time and you're looking at yourself too much you're going to fall into this just hole because you're not going to like what you see. You're never going to like what you see. You have to look at Christ to find something, to find something worth looking at. Mm -hmm. And that's just, you can run from that truth to the ends of time and it just will never be true. You'll never, you're never going to find something in yourself that didn't, wasn't cultivated by God in some way that you could really get on board with, at least in my path. And I think that, as the deeper anyone goes in their spiritual walk, that's what they'll find. But you're, you were saying that, um, you know, that, that threat of, uh, uh, the threat of <laughs> being corrected. Mm-hmm. But I, I was going to make the point of you're missing out on being corrected. Mm, amen. When you, when you, when you neglect fellowship, because there's so many times in my life where I just sat there and wish, you know, I know that person next to me had the thought and I just kind of wish that they had told me that I was being a darn fool, (laughs) like that I was just wrong. And, and there is a very specific way of going about this. It's not publicly, it's not to shame. No, it's gotta be a pretty strong grievance. I want to say real quick, one thing that my mom always says, if you really take that line of scripture seriously, you're going to let a lot more go. 
you know, because uh, she yeah. always says that when people start gossiping in the Bible studies, they start gossiping about their fellow believer. And she, my mom always right. says, if it really bothers you, and she reads it to them, and she said, is this worth that at the end of the day, it could mean excommunication from the church? And they say, no. Mm-hmm. She says, so shut up about it and learn how to deal with it. And then, yeah. They, yeah, yeah, you know, take it seriously. There are things that need that end result. And hopefully the person is willing to listen and correct their behavior before it gets to that. But that lets you know what you should actually be caring about and what you shouldn't be caring about. And when, when to draw the line of when do I carry my brother's burdens? When does a love call love cover a multitude of sins? And when is this something that needs to be addressed in the church for the health and the safety of those in it? Yeah, I wish I wish I had wrote, written that one down. I had come across that in scripture, and I don't remember where I saw it now. It was saying like, um, when you see your brother committing a sin that does not lead to death, and like almost like praying for mm-hmm. them, um, and like almost interceding for them about that mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I. You you just don't know the power of other people's prayer in your oh, life. Oh man, it's. It's so powerful. You don't understand. Like, I can't imagine there's been so many times where for no good reason at all, just suddenly in my sin and in my in my confusion and cloud, God just suddenly ring, just shoots through and comes to me. And I'm like, oh, and it, it could just very well be, you know, somebody yeah. just thought somebody like praying for you. Cassia came into my head. Yeah. And, there's, mm-hmm. and, and God said, I'll answer because I had said that the uh, the urgent prayer of the of a righteous person mm-hmm. is is oh I'll go right to mm-hmm. um, the urgent request of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect mm-hmm. and that's somewhere in James five around sixteen and that's actually it's, um, another point where your actions come into play because it says a mm-hmm. righteous soul well how do we know what a righteous soul is mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's not mm-hmm. just somebody that's saved, right? We all we know a lot of people, they're genuinely saved. They just came to Christ. You would not describe them as a righteous soul. So <laughs> what's a righteous soul? You know, it's somebody who has dedicated their time to living mm-hmm. out the scriptures that has cleaned up their mm-hmm. life. They've cleaned up their act. You know, these things have authority. I don't remember what scripture it is um, and what context it is, but there's so many times that, it said, do this, that your prayers be not hindered. Don't do this so mm-hmm. that your prayers will not be hindered. And I really wish I had like those scriptures mm-hmm. on hand to be more accurate. But that's said multiple times. Make sure you're, you're not participating in certain things. Make sure you are participating in certain things. Make sure you are doing, you are holding yourself to the responsibilities that have already been laid out for you, that your prayers be not hindered. That tells us we can hinder our prayers by living ungodly lives. Oh, absolutely. I think a good rule of thumb for that, it's either it's either Philippians or in Thessalonians, but it's that, that scripture of um, whatever is good, mm. whatever is wholesome, whatever is upstanding. Whatever is true you know, and pure. True. Yeah. yeah. Keep Think on these things. Keep your mind yeah. on these things. Think on these, these things. Th- yeah, think on these things. Don't. You know, yes, there's a lot of evil going around that we need to tackle as Christians. Mm-hmm. We need to be making football footholds in the spiritual world for mm-hmm. which we should be doing as a fellowship. Mm-hmm. But 
in your everyday life, like you will succumb mm-hmm. to evil very quickly in your mind just by focusing on it too much. Yeah, because it becomes your communion. Even if yeah. you're actively disagreeing yeah. with it, it will become your communion. Yeah. And yeah, that's just... Yeah, absolutely. I think that's just been uh, a repeated theme in both of our minds and our hearts. It's just like mm-hmm. wishing you could shake people and be like, don't you realize this is your communion? And just myself personally being like, I can't, I can't tolerate being surrounded by this constantly. I feel how drugged down I get instantly by hearing about mm-hmm. the evil of the world. You know, I, I, I can't even watch TV and movies anymore. Like, I just, I just can't. No, there's, no, nothing, there's good. nothing good. I don't want to know about that. I don't want to think about that. You know, that stuff rolls around my head. It doesn't leave me alone. And a lot of that mm-hmm. is due to the fact that I'm not spending enough time in scripture. I'm not spending enough time in communion mm-hmm. because there's like a lot of empty space, I feel, in my mind and in my soul because I'm not taking the time for proper communion. But at mm-hmm. least I can not dive into the wrong communion because you're going to be in communion no matter what (laughs) so guard your heart against the evil you know make Mm -hmm. sure that your true source of thought you know the songs that are stuck in your head that what you think about when you go to sleep at night what you think about when you wake up in the morning make sure yeah make sure that those things are founded in christ make sure that those things reflect the truth of the gospel because if not you're just mm-hmm. you're just going to be taken up by everything else because you're never going to get away from everything else as long as you're alive mm-hmm. we're stuck in this world you know i think um paul at some point in the new testament he's like going through the list of what not to associate with you know uh drunkards <laughs> um uh adulterers you know he goes through this long list and he says and I'm talking about within the brethren, because if I was talking about in the world, then you would have to get out of this world. <laughs> you know, he's like, I'm talking about your fellow believers. So come, Lord. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind. Yeah. But I can't say that could compl- I would complain. <laughs> We've given <you> option. <laughs> I know. I want to no. go. <laughs> <laughs> no. Emmy thinks I'm hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, she's getting all wound up. Yeah, laughing. She loves laughter. That's good. Bless her innocence. Yes. Soul. Yeah. That's a true and pure thing. <laughs> and one thing I want to say, what you were talking about earlier when you were saying like to put other people's needs before your own, and how important <laughs> that is in the church. I have this quote by Corey Ten Boom that I want to read real quick because let me tell you, when I read this, I needed to hear it and it made a huge impact on how I was doing. So by mm. her, I prayed to dispel my fear until suddenly I do not know how the idea came to me, but I began to pray for others. I prayed for everyone who came into my thoughts, people with whom I had traveled, those with who I'd been in prison with me, my school friends of years ago, I do not know how long I continued my prayer, but this I know, my fear was gone. Interceding for others had released me. And let me tell you, when I read that, I needed to hear that because I've been dealing with a lot of health issues, as you know. I literally just had surgery yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, I was so frustrated because I feel like I've gotten nowhere with this. You know, it's just been 
over three years of this nonsense and just feeling so drugged down by it. And, um, Mm -hmm. but I had let, I had let my intercessory prayer go for so long. And there was some situations Mm -hmm. in my family and people that I knew. And I, I had been thinking to myself, I'd been feeling myself. I just felt so drugged down. I was like, I don't even think I have the energy for intercessory prayer right now. Like I'm, I'm like in such a drought in my soul with everything that's going on. And I read that Mm -hmm. and it just is what I needed to hear when I needed to hear it. And it just sparked a fire in my soul. And I started interceding on some of these situations in the lives of people around me and felt my Mm -hmm. faith for my own healing, like instantly grow. And I was like, how did Mm -hmm. I forget? You know what I mean? Like it's been, it's been like what, six months since I was heavy in intercessory prayer. And despite the health issues I was dealing with, I was I was happy. I was on fire for God. Mm. I was literally able to minister to people not that long ago. I'm like, how did I already forget that this is literally the key? <laughs> how did I already forget that? It ain't about me. <laughs> and um, I yeah, was just wasn't it? Uh, no, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, was it Amy Carmichael who wrote most of the best things that she could paralyzed in a bed because of a broken back? I have no idea. I haven't heard. I believe it was her. Yeah, she had a few back injuries, I think, when she was in, I believe it was India that she hmm. was in, right? I don't, I don't remember. remember now. But yeah, she she was paralyzed or like had a broken mm-hmm. back and could do nothing but lay on her mm-hmm. back. And she did most of the, the most amazing stuff for the Lord in writing mm-hmm. just there. And we think about, you know, you mentioned Corey mm-hmm. Tendrum. You know, there's a person who had every reason to hate God mm-hmm. and hate her life and who found mm-hmm. God there. Who despite in despite losing her entire family to the Holocaust, surviving yes. the Holocaust, yeah. went on to build a rehab re- excuse me. <laughs> Rehabilitation <laughs> center for Nazi soldiers. What kind of a person do you have to be? That's insanity. That's somebody who every second of her life needed the power of God just to survive. And I think that's why we often find ourselves in these terrible places. God does not put terrible things on your life. He does not put sickness on your life. He does not do that. But we often need it. We find ourselves in these places, and then that's where we're on fire for God because we're so dependent on him. It's why he allows these things to happen because, I mean— it's it's kind of suggested throughout scripture when it talks about the rich man and everything. Mm-hmm. If your life is too comfortable, mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter. Even if you have a lot of stuff, there's something that you're always going to feel something mm-hmm. like that because it's not the nature of this world to just be satisfied with yeah. having enough or more mm-hmm. than enough. But the reason that these things sometimes are allowed to happen to you is because you need to see something that you weren't seeing and it's often found at those at those really low moments mm-hmm. i mean yes no like you know god doesn't do these things to you but he allows them to happen i don't know if i think that he allows them to happen i think that's such a blurry spot in my mind i just oh, yeah, know I mean, I'm saying it no i know what you're saying but i just I mean, know that he will always use them for good you know, 
God says right. in his scripture, yeah. God will turn all things around for good for those that love the Lord. I don't know if that means that he allows stuff. And I'm not saying that that doesn't because I, I genuinely don't know. This is something I've wondered about. I've tried to figure out through scripture. And I I know that he doesn't put any kind of evil on people. I know that it says over and over, never say that God tempted you. God does not tempt people. I know that says, oh, right. as it is said over and over again, but I know that it's also said over and over again that God will turn all things around for good. He will use any situation for his glory. So what happens right. in between those two things? I honestly have no idea. <laughs> so like, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, I don't know if yeah. I could outright agree with you on that, but I certainly don't disagree because I, j- I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I know that well, we often I mean, need it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know Job is used a lot in there. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's also said, you know, I, I won't lay anything on you that you won't be able to hand. I don't think that's the word, the wording, mm-hmm. right? Um, not being out, not putting anything on your shoulders that uh, you won't, that won't be able to be dealt mm-hmm. with, you know, once you're safe. But, yeah, he won't lay more um, on you than you can carry mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I know I what mean, you're referencing. things happen. He's God and he's an all, he, He's all powerful God, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, they're going through they're going through him some in some form, you know. And you're also his people. I don't, yeah, I don't know. That's that's for another yeah. podcast. Yeah, <laughs> that's such a, a gray area. That's such a confusing area. Yes, but you know, we're also talking about people who have gone before us, who have lived through things that that can't so much have album. their words have been left to inspire. Yeah. Um, you can find those people. Those those people are living. Yes, today. Amen. They are here. They're, We're just like, not hearing their stories, but that doesn't mean stopped. it's not happening. Yeah, yeah. You can find them though. Mm-hmm. They're they're in church. Absolutely. They're gonna be where God is, they're going to be in those communities. Mm-hmm. And if you're having like, especially like if you're a new Christian and you're having doubts about like a certain thing, or you just haven't seen the full effect of God's power. The first place that's going to happen is in absolutely is in the church. absolutely is in, is in His people, and we and it also I just wanted to bring up as well. You know, the Scripture describes us as living stones of God's living house. Hmm. I just whoa. one moment mm-hmm. technical difficulties. <laughs> I was going to say, I just don't see any conceivable way where you can be born again and neglect fellow, the fellow believers. Yeah. And, and stay healthy for sure. You know, keep up with this walk for sure. Yeah. Like either way, no matter what you do, if you're walking in Christ, you have fellowship. Mm -hmm. You're, uh, your your brothers and sisters you just can't yeah you can't it, you can't you neglect just, your own people like, yeah you and um as a like just finding the scriptures for this and listening to how the apostles address each other as well with that it was uh there's this theme in Corinthians that i found where he, where he's directing the Corinthians and um there's this theme of when you come together, mm-hmm. 
Therefore, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. Therefore, when you come together to do this mm-hmm. and that, it's talking about the conduct that you have within the fellowship. There's there's such huge chunks of oh yeah, we we're, we're given so I, much instruction on how to do this. And why are we feeling yeah, so bad? <laughs> Myself is well, the guilty party. How am I feeling this so bad? Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And mm. well, why don't we talk about intercession in the church? In fellowship, because uh, we had talked about structure mm-hmm. in the church, and yeah, it's very laid out we're, for we're us. Out yeah, on, yeah, it's, it's super laid out. There's such purpose in that structure that we're missing out on because the church is not like that currently. That we're missing out on, like what elders and everything else mm-hmm. can do, because um. Because it's just, I, I am hard pressed to find it. Yeah, that way. absolutely. Where there's a real, there's a real standard for who can be an elder. And who yeah, can be. and that's been compromised a lot, and I think that is, you know, is to blame for a lot. I mean, you're going to compromise the scripture, you're going to pay for it. It's just, it's just the way that it is. And I think one thing that I want to, I want to uh, bring up now that I just said that, a concept. I think a lot of the time it's very easy to feel like God gives us these commands and he set out sets out these rules just to like challenge us or something (laughs) just to like exert his dominance and that's not (laughs) at all the case and i think we know that but it's so easy to fall Mm -hmm. into feeling that way god sets out Mm -hmm. these commands like the bible is literally life's guidebook god created life and he says this is how it works god created the church and he said this is how it works if you think, oh, well, that doesn't really make sense, it doesn't really apply, and you start going, yeah, you start going outside of the guidebook, well, it's not going to work. Not because God's punishing you, because you're not doing it the way that it works. You know, God doesn't command us to um, commune with each other just because he likes it. He does like it. You know, the the whole, you want to know the reason of life, God got lonely. That That's the reason of life. God got lonely and he wanted a friend and so he created all of us. And he wants us to be friends with each other. Uh, that's true. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I could almost argue oh, with okay. you on that one. But I, just because, and that'll probably end up probably not being able to go mm-hmm. far, but God is three persons in mm-hmm. one. <laughs> And he talks to himself in within the persons and refers to himself within the persons. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't think he had to be lonely to create us. I think he just did. <laughs> and I don't think that makes it any less. But it do, it just means that he wants to be with us just because <laughs> we're right, well, his. I think, I think it's a desire for communion, though. Because he oh, told yeah. he told himself yeah. in the beginning, he said, "Let us make man in our image." Yeah. And in his perfect design, it said that he went and walked with Adam. And when God referred to Adam, he was talking about the man and the woman as Adam. Yeah. yeah. And he went down and he walked with them in the evenings, and all of that fell apart when we sinned. There became this distance between us. Right. And the whole reason of sending Jesus Christ was to repair that distance. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just God's desire for love. Yeah. You know, I don't think like he needs us. I don't mean to imply that at all. 
Oh no, no. Um, I, maybe I, that's how what you took I what I was saying. Accuse, I, I would never accuse. <laughs> <you>. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. I think he just he wanted love. He wanted companionship, and yeah. so it is true that he tells us to um, take that companionship with each other as believers in Christ because it, mm-hmm. he likes it. But it's also just the very practical thing that we need that you know Mm -hmm. it's not just like a command go out of your way do this self-sacrificing thing it certainly requires a lot of Mm self-sacrifice but it's for your own good you know like this is his when god commands you to do something it's because it's literally what you need to do you know (laughs) like it's very literal yes extremely practical exactly and i think i think it's easy to forget that and I think I just, I don't know. I wanted to remind yeah. that it's, it I, has a practical value. Yeah. I had uh, mentioned that, like, one of the true liberating factors of faith and fellowship and putting others before yourself is liberating you from that it's not about you mm-hmm. trap that we all fall into. It's, it's, it's our nature to be self-consumed. But it's mm-hmm. especially hard to get away from in America's culture or just like the nature of things right now. As all mm-hmm. things do, they circle around to this horrible selfishness. Mm-hmm. But putting others before yourself in a healthy way, the way, the healthy way that God puts it, because it is quite balanced. It is very balanced. But it's, it frees you. Mm-hmm. I've heard of a lot of mothers who dreaded having children and then they had children and they were like i it's just liberating to take care of somebody else and not like, yeah because be then you're not focused on constantly. yeah you stop asking the question what do i need yeah because most of the time we already know the answer and when it's not a thought process we just do it yeah you know and i think yeah like you're saying they end up taking better care of themselves even yeah yeah um because th- they just don't have to focus on it so much yeah it's um, like what we read with with Corey Ten Boom. You know, she was terrified. She was afraid, and yeah. she said, "God, please liberate me from this." And then she started praying for everybody else, and just like that, the fear was gone. Yeah. Um, it is. It's really funny, like with the Old Testament and the old covenant laws that he set out. It's um, people look at them now, and like scholars kind of like think about like. <laughs> Some of the things with like the ashes and the cleanliness laws mm-hmm. literally kept them clean yeah. to not die, to get sick. You know, it's yeah. not, it wasn't just like a, like a, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I know exactly what you're thing. saying. Yeah, They've, like, um, yeah, they, like the scientists like, who know way more than us <laughs> have, were like, no, this literally kept them alive in the conditions yeah. that they were in. Like, this is the how they like, survived. Yeah, yeah, like this This is how they made it in that time of history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, that's been proven over and over and over again. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't just God being over demand, I mean, overly demanding, not that he could ever mm-hmm. be because he's God, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, he had very good reason to, yeah. to do the things he did and to tell them to do the things that they did. Yeah, it's it's not just a bunch of hoops to jump through. And believe you, I believe you me, I understand how easily it feels that way. There have been many times right. in my life where it feels that way. You're like, okay, what hoop next, you know? 
Yeah. And I think there's definitely going to be times in your life where you follow God's scripture and you do what he tells you to do out of pure discipline. And it will feel like jumping through the hoops. And you should do so anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, because, you know, that's our own weakness. Yeah. It's but, the lost um, art of um, pain. Yeah. You know, we don't want pain, but we desperately need it. For any form of correction is some form of pain that we have to endure. Or any kind mm-hmm. of growth, you know. You can't do anything without some kind of discomfort. You can't yeah. get good at anything. And, yeah, and that that directly ties back into um, a concept that's been really heavy on my heart for years, even. And I've just been reminded of it a lot. And we were just talking about it not too long ago. Is um, that command, be therefore perfect, even as your father is in Mm -hmm. heaven, is perfect. In comparison to the teaching that I hear over and over and over in the churches this isn't a religion, nobody's perfect, and this quote-unquote relatable content, and all it ends up being is, look at my bad side and giggle about it with me, and I'm freeing you to to do the same thing. That's what it turns into. That might not be the intention originally, but that's always what it turns into. You know, it's like there is a lot of action. There is a lot of discipline, a lot of dedicated effort into living this Christian life. They we say, are to pursue perfection. Yeah. Understanding that we're never going to have it and, you know, fall on our face and worship at the idea of grace and mercy that we're even given that. But you should never be comforting yourself in your sin. And I see that over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. It's just, just that comfort that has drug everyone down. I think a lot of people think that it breeds division to be disciplining yourself and to be pursuing better to be pursuing, you know, to have a higher standard, but it doesn't, Mm. you know, nobody who's truly working to clean up their life, nobody who's truly working to follow God's word is going to end up looking down their nose at you holier than thou. They're not going to, those are people that are covering up their, um, their imperfections, people that are covering up their sin and trying to convince you that it doesn't exist. Those are the people that are going to be doing that. But people that are truly pursuing the the action, the life, the spirituality of this Christian walk, that that is the greatest that that creates the greatest union. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. um this concept of creating um creating something of a brotherhood through compromise, that is absolutely um like a mental tactic that you see a lot in places like the military and such. And it does breed a brotherhood because you have all compromised to together. And so you you kind of all need to watch each other's back. And it does create something of a union. But you don't want that. It's not a, Th- it's that not is, a holy union. No, it's it's a terrible union. It's a, the honor among, among thieves situation. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've been seeing it so much in the church. And I hate seeing it in the church. It's awful. But, but I think um, that that kind of brings us around to like what we what we're saying, what we've been um, disciplined on, and our lack of communion with our fellow believers is that we have to stand up and say something. You know, we have to hold ourselves to these standards, and we have to 
hold our fellow believers to these standards so that everybody's edified. You know, we can't do what very guilty of I've done run away from the from the assembling of of the my brothers and sisters because I didn't like what I saw there. You know, that's not good yeah, enough in God's eyes. That. Can't yeah. Do that anymore. Like you, you have, have to be to... greater than that. Mhm. And I definitely think you need like you have to have the moat out of your own eye to do that. Yeah. I just doing like marriage counseling studies and stuff like that, you learn that that means that means so much more that taking the moat out of your eye before you correct mm-hmm. somebody. Yeah. If you're going to have any kind of correcting talk with anybody like let's say this is because somebody hurt you mm-hmm. like they really hurt you and it has to be addressed because you'll lose because you're going to lose each other if it's not addressed mm-hmm. is that you have to deal with your own feelings first you already have to have pretty much forgiven them and had reconciliation and that's not something we have naturally and that's the biggest part of all of this is when we talk about it is you know these are not things that come naturally to us and yeah. we have God to be constantly has, fighting against yeah. our own flesh. God, God is the one who did that for you, mm-hmm. and that is why we are we are put so humbly and lowly and in in humility when it comes to coming to one another is because we have that, and we were at one point or one pl- point or another in that place, you know. Mm-hmm. And that and that's you really have to search yourself and know how to search yourself, and that takes. And that takes self-discipline and that takes mm-hmm. walking takes in the spirit. Yeah. You have practice, to, yeah. yeah. You cannot do it from the wrong place or else it will go awry. Mm-hmm. And, um, you had to, and, and just talking about, you know, uh, I, I, I call it irresponsibility. You know, when you're, when you're trying too hard to, uh, laugh about your sin. Yeah. You cannot, Making light of it. Yeah. yeah you cannot make provision for the flesh mm-hmm. it, it's you know any kind That's of like addiction ever if you're an alcoholic you can't take that lightly you can't yeah you can't be irresponsible with alcohol in any mm-hmm. way I yeah mean, people that have truly recovered from alcoholism you know they they don't even drink iced tea because it looks too much yeah. like alcohol you know yeah they have they to, have to be away. that disciplined yeah yeah i mean I, and I yeah, we should definitely have that severe of a handling of our own sin. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Yeah. Because it just it it's irresponsibility. It's it's because you don't it it makes me think about Romans as well, where it talks about you know there's some people who are more liberated in their faith than others, mm. and it talks about the weak and the strong faith. Not mm-hmm. saying that you know like because you're not able to do something your brother can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but since we mentioned alcohol in general, because I do believe that, you know, that nothing in itself is inherently evil. It is just the way it is used on in earth, on earth mm-hmm. that makes it. So I don't think there is anything inherently wrong with alcohol itself and that it can be consumed in a very responsible and spiritual matter. It's just extremely but, rare. Yeah, it's rigid, man. It's it's not. I don't suggest it for anybody, no. unless you no, are. No, I truly, won't touch the stuff. No, just it's not. It's not smart it's not for anybody it. to do, especially no. in this culture. Playing with fire, yeah, yeah. It, but I, I, but I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. 
I definitely you're not think gonna that go to hell if you touch alcohol. <laughs> I it's think just there's... not a good idea because you're yeah. gonna get yourself in a place you don't want to be in because that's just the yeah. nature of the stuff. Yeah, pretty quickly. Yep. Very, very, very quickly, and that is, yeah, from personal experience, you just—it's not smart. Yeah. Just if you are weak in the faith, don't. Don't. Mm-hmm. It like. And it comes to a point where Romans actually talks about sinning against your own conscious conscience. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if necessarily that means it's going to be a sin, but if mm-hmm. you have it in your mind and you're worried that it, it is and you mm-hmm. do it anyway, that is you've sinned. Yes, you will be judged by that, yeah. Yeah. You don't yeah. know what fire you're playing with when you are irresponsible with your own and you're talking about your own sin. You don't mm-hmm. know who is struggling with what when you're in the fellowship. Mm -hmm. So when you see these people who are supposed to be leaders and they're dealing with sin lightly or or making Mm -hmm. any kind of a joke about it or, you know, making any of it to seem nonchalant. Yeah. There's, there's an issue there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess it's like all the jokes in sermons. Like it's a pep talk these days. I'm like, I didn't come here for a pep talk. Can we let church be serious, please? Yeah, we're talking about life and death and not just physical life and death. We are talking about physical life and death. Mm. We're talking about eternal life and death. Can we can we handle that seriously, please? I need to handle it seriously. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't think the world needs another pep talk. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need another uh, comforting statement. You need to be uncomfortable. You need to realize the weight that you are dealing with here because you know there's just it's just too many dangers when you let that much of the world in to the sermons and into the church and into the fellowship this is truly a place like fellowship is meant to be a place of check your baggage at the door and be in mm. Christ, you know, it's it's definitely a place of uh, discipline, and that's not to say like you know a Puritan, how dare you so much as shift while the pastor's talking, you know. Obviously, we're not talking about that, but we're talking about dealing with the concepts of Christ very seriously in the church and taking it seriously, and not it's not a club. You know, it's not a cafe. Oh, my word. Want to talk about a pet peeve of mine. The church is not a cafe. Thank you. The church <laughs> is a house of worship. Yeah, you, and that, that involves a lot of... Yeah, what did I just say yeah. about addiction and and not knowing who yeah. you're dealing with? And So I the point I was, mm-hmm. I do want to finish that point, is that Romans makes the argument that those who are stronger in the faith mm-hmm. and more liberated are to bring themselves to the level of yes. the weak in that if your brother next to you mm-hmm. cannot drink and you know that you're going to tempt him or Absolutely. make him uncomfortable if you do, then you are sinning mm-hmm. if you do that in front of him. Yeah, and I think you that's... Know, if you're, that's if you're always, yeah. parading around... That's always answered yeah. the alcohol question for me. Is like that what you yeah. just said. It's like, I may not... Like, I don't... I don't have a problem with alcohol per se. First of all, I'm not going to play with it because, mm-hmm. you know, I very well could and not know it. But how dare yeah. I even have it in my house and claim to be involved in ministry 
knowing how many people struggle with it. You know what I mean? And when you live yeah. by like that standard, like, because it says, um, I'll say compromise because I don't have the right word, but compromise will come in this life no matter what. But woe unto whom by who it comes. It's better for a millstone retire on, were tied around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. You know, if we're causing, oh, if we cause one of these little ones to stumble, little ones, especially meaning children, but especially meaning new believers, if you and I are a source of compromise for a young believer, we're held to that compromise. I don't even know if they are. But I sure know that I am. Yeah, and I don't think <laughs> and so. I don't think these leaders know either uh, how deep in 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 that horrible, twisted place that they are when they do that, because they're mm-hmm. also leaders, and they are oh, yes. judged more harshly. That's written very like, plainly in the scripture. That's <laughs> why. I, yeah, if if you're here with if if you're we are not to ordained ministers, <laughs> we're just a couple of cousins no, talking about life. This is. <laughs> This is the area where, you know, this is the fellowship that's, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's not one church. person to another. <laughs> it's, it's a needed conversation that you need to be having mm-hmm. all the time anyway. It's, it's the kind of talk that you, like, there shouldn't be much of your life that doesn't derive too much from this. You know, we're talking about addiction and making provision for the flesh and stuff. And I'm very guilty of this, you know. I should be more in charge knowing what I know because I'm convicted even more now knowing Mm. is that there should be even less room in my life now for the things that keep me away from thinking about Christ and doing things onto him constantly. Because, I mean, it sounds boring. That's like what everyone, every non-believer coming in, every, like, it sounds boring. It's not boring. Yeah, that just goes back to us saying, like, the practicality of God's rules. It's not set up to be like, do the difficult thing, only participate when it's hardest, you know? It's like, no, this is how you have a healthy life. This is how you have a healthy relationship with food. This is how you have a healthy relationship with others. This is how you have a healthy relationship with sex. You treat it the way that God designed it. He didn't, you know, design, create these things... And then say, okay, you're going to be wrong if you do it loosely. You know, well, you have to do it like the really hard way and that's it. Like, no, he designed it and he said, this is how it works. You will never find a healthy relationship outside of God's guidelines. You will never find a healthy lifestyle, healthy relationship with food, healthy relationship with your parents, with your kids. That gets neglected far too much. You're told how to treat your kids in the Bible just as much as you're told how to treat your parents in the Bible, you'll never, yeah, you'll never have that in a healthy way outside of what the designers. Alrighty. Well, we got cut off, but uh, <laughs> divine cutting off. <laughs> We're running yeah. out of time. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It's time to bring this to a close. Anyway, yeah. So we will we, accept it. We were uh, coming off of the rails quite a bit anyway. <laughs> but such Something is the nature of these things. Mm-hmm. We'll be doing a lot of that. Yeah. We'll be but talking think, about all the same stuff again and again and again. Oh, of course. <laughs> but it, it is the nature of fellowship because, as I, as I had said, like, when we were talking about the subject, to bring it up in a podcast, was um, it's, it's this glue. It's the bread and butter of 
the the born again life. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I had equated it to works. Um, mm-hmm. When it comes to your salvation, and mm-hmm. not not unintentionally because it is you you can't neglect it. You can't get around it. You'll fall. Your your fire will go out mm-hmm. without. Um, without having some kind of community, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't always need to look like church was one of the Mm -hmm. notes that I had made. It doesn't need to look like mass or chapel, but if you find uh, one of the main things I always heard growing up was like an accountability partner, Mm -hmm. Um, having someone you can be accountable with and have that person where you can confess your sins to, like it says in James five. Like I, like I would say me and you, yeah, we've been so blessed to have just stumbled into that. Yeah. And that, by family gonna, relation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um uh it'll probably end up becoming just as natural for anybody else. It's, I mean, how do we do anything but stumble into it most of the time? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, it's not easy. You just and nowhere ever is going to look perfect, you know. We're not perfect. Right. We're all still we are spirit and flesh, spirit struggling against flesh. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, um, you need to have an elder, you need to have a pastor, a leader. Uh, mm-hmm. I think somebody that you can learn from. That you yeah. Can truly learn from. Well, and that doesn't mean, like, one thing I want to say on that topic I absolutely believe in having a pastor, I absolutely believe in learning from the elders in the church and truly. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, God set up these structures and we need to respect them as such. But I do want to say you're never going to find a pastor. You're never going to find an elder. You're never going to find another believer who believes 100% what you believe. And that doesn't mean that you should write them off. What you should do is the source of your doctrine should always come from your personal time in scripture and in prayer. Not just in your thoughts, in your feelings, in your mind. That's not what I'm saying. You should be checking everything that everybody is saying against scripture and understanding that you're always going to come across the thing that you don't agree with. And that doesn't mean that you throw away the communion. Learn to decipher when it's something that needs to be addressed because it's very aggressively misrepresenting Christ. And when it falls into the category of love covers a multitude of sins. Yeah. And you're only going to get uh, Titus that three by reading the scripture. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Um, Titus three nine says, "Avoid foolish debates, genealogies, uh, quarrels, disputes about the law, and such. Uh, such are such debates are unprofitable and worthless." Amen. Uh, when it comes to the fellowship, there's very little, very little that should ever divide us. No matter what your faith looks like, mm-hmm. you should be to find reconciliation in that they believe in Christ. Yep. And you two are in Christ. I, the only things that should ever divide us in the church is actively going against scripture because we have very specific things laid out in scripture. Mm-hmm. And we should be holding be holding ourselves and be holding others accountable to that to maintain the communion. Not to not to di- not to disagree. But to once again bring us back to a place of agreement. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And remember very humbly that your only access to any of this is Jesus Christ. 
Yes. <laughs> so yes. who are we? And he will give you wisdom. Yeah. Who, yeah. yeah. Being born again means you have the spirit in him and his, you, uh, you, you have his spirit in you yeah. in that. And so does the person next to you. So don't think that your beliefs outside of Christ justify you more than they do. You know, we all need to be reminded of that. I need to be reminded of that. Um, but yeah, that's that's something that I try very hard to remember in working with people. And there's definitely certain people that I, I really fail to remember that with. You know, I get very frustrated and then I'm like, what, what am I frustrated mm -hmm. about? You know, the same thing that gives me access is the same thing that gives them access. Mm. And it's certainly not my wise thoughts mm. <laughs> or my good actions, please. Oh, certainly not wise. Yeah, sir. I yeah. always like to remind myself that I am That's not my not gift of the spirit. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I think that is a good place to stop. I agree. We hope you'll continue joining us here at um, From My Cup. Um, we'll get a little more. We hope to help eventually. you. <laughs> yeah. We hope to help keeping your mind and spirit aligned on Christ continually is the key to keep on being, uh, living out the born again life. Mm. Uh, tune in from everywhere, anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. Yeah. And uh, keep your thoughts on the word. Yes. And just remember Thank that you. we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And the point of this is to support one another. Absolutely. Um, and I think I will close out with a quick prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for bringing us together. We thank you for the fellowship, Lord. We thank you so much for the other living stones that make up your house. We are your hands and feet, Lord. Thank you for being with us. We ask that you bless anyone who might listen. And we thank you for giving us wisdom in our, over our tongues and over our lives and helping us as we go out thank into you. fellowship. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.